Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Bobby. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, the latest goings on in, in popular culture. With me is my, my co-host, my best friend, my brother, Brandon. Brandon, you want to say hi? What up? So, if you're listening, you're probably a friend or a family member. What's up? <laughs> Jazzy girl, Tyler, mama, dad, uh, Scott. Shout out Scott Swish. Oh yeah, Scott for sure. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a, a long time. Like you know, we're big fans of 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 all the uh, like fandom in general and comic books and sci-fi genre and horror and just movies in general. And we've always kind of talked about maybe jumping on the mics and adding to the noise of of endless podcasting out there. But uh, this new thing that we wanted to cover is something that Brandon's very familiar with so that's one thing why I thought this would be interesting to cover was that he played this video game what we're going to be talking about mainly today is The Last of Us uh, the new HBO uh, TV show it's not a a limited series right they're going to there'll probably be more than one season I'm not sure if they've renewed yet but ideally uh, at least two seasons yeah um, this is something this is a a franchise or property that I've heard about a lot about over the last fucking what like 10 years but but being a non-gamer it's something that I haven't been able to really dive into or access and Brandon playing the game you know, would always you know everyone spoke really highly about this game it kind of transcended culture even for people who didn't play video games you know people talk about the story the acting the the design, the the music, overall, was just something that you didn't really see coming out of like video games uh, since probably I don't know. Metal Gear Solid is like the thing I that that I remember resonating as much as yeah. something like this did. Yeah, for sure. I felt, dude. I feel like if if Metal Gear had the graphics like this had, then it would probably be like in that same vein. But like, you look at Metal Gear One, it just it's all pixelated and shit but yeah that's, that's literally what i was thinking right now especially because it's like the playstation connection like playstation one the first thing, game that always comes to mind for me is metal gear so yeah it's definitely like narrative based good voice acting all that stuff good characters all that shit yeah the, the thing i think the last of us the way they differ in that is that like metal gear is like a solo like a lone wolf solo story yeah with not with which relied on like action and in like espionage and on and intrigue and what the last what up from what i know about the last of us it's like it's very emotionally deep right so like yeah but metal gear still had like those cinematic like influences like from the music and all that stuff it's just the technology wasn't there yet to like amplify it yeah but like i never cried playing metal gear solid and i've heard people (laughs) people talking about like crying you know certain parts of the last of us you know what i'm saying so like like emotionally yeah. Uh, like it pierced through like that d- a different part which you yeah. don't really hear a lot about video games you know you don't hear about people crying while playing video <laughs> like on the sticks crying so when I heard that I was like wow this is this is cool but like I, I could just never get back into video games I don't know maybe one day but um oh yeah for sure I, I feel like this game honestly like had this game not been released and like I didn't play it right away I didn't play it till like two years later but um 
this definitely like postponed like my retirement from gaming because like I was just kid like as I got older, especially as I got out of high school, I got kind of over like multiplayer, Call of Duty, shit like that. I just really didn't have the patience or like mind for it anymore. And then um, yeah, like this game came out in 2013, but I didn't play it till 2015. But I remember when I first played it, like it it really like solidified like my love for like single player, like narrative based mm-hmm. driven games. But the thing with this one is like it took that cinematic approach and just like really went for it. And obviously the technology was there. It pushed the PS. People always say it pushed the PS3 like graphics and like its running power to its limits. But yeah, like had this game not come out, I probably wouldn't even have a PlayStation right now. Yeah, and it, and it seemed to like pull off that that rare combo of like great story, great graphics, but also like great gameplay. Right? Like yeah. the gameplay was fun too. Like I, I think a lot of times with games, you don't get you don't hit like all those quadrants of like and then the music you like you don't really i just seem like it it ticked all the boxes when it came to that like sometimes you'll hear people say oh the, the story's great the graphics are great the gameplay is is uh is isn't or, or whatever or is lacking or, or whatever but uh, you, I don't, what, what did you think of the gameplay itself like was it fun to play i know this everyone says you know story's great graphics yeah. great the music's great but it was it fun fun to play was it scary i know it's scary i know i've heard people say it's pretty scary yeah like like the only two games i can think of like where like it felt so real is like this one for sure and then dead space like dead space was a lot more horror based that's mm-hmm. like and it's obviously not as grounded like not that this one's not as, as grounded i mean it's about zombies and stuff but there is a grounded approach with it at least from like the narrative perspective and in the direction like all that stuff the art direction for sure is super grounded that's what i always think of but um yeah the gameplay for sure obviously i mean obviously it depends on what difficulty you play on but i mean it's pretty easy to die like um if you get shot like one time it's not just gonna like barely fuck up your health like it's really gonna mess you up mm. you gotta like find med kits shit like that like like this was the one game where it finally went and or i mean i'm sure there was games before it but it definitely did like punish you for not for playing it like uh like a traditional video game where you know it's easy to find health and it's easy to find bullets and stuff like that that's what made it cool because the gameplay and um like again it's based based on the difficulty but yeah the gameplay it did connect with the storytelling as well because um a bulk of the story takes place like for how many years but it's like almost 20 years after the initial infection so then like yeah i didn't know yeah ammo was really scarce um you have to like there's crafting like crafting is not a a new game gimmick but um it made it interesting because you it it was hard to find the supplies that you really have to look for them it's not like they're gonna jump out to you or they're they're gonna be glowing and it's like a holographic in the middle of the level you gotta go search for them in lockers and shit but second game really took that approach to the next level but i mean the first game as well yeah that's, yeah. that's what's up and we should talk about like the studio it came from not naughty dog the mm-hmm. game that they had been known for before this came out was uncharted did you, did yeah. you play uncharted yeah yeah, yeah. I, and i was gonna mention that too i feel like that might have been their testing ground because like uncharted is pretty cinematic too but i mean it's it's a easier transition because it's still an action game it's like almost like you're playing a tom cruise movie Mm -hmm. you know so it's like super action based indiana jones influence um i mean the mechanics aren't like like nathan drake like at least in the first couple games he can get shot like 
15 times and he's still running around like he's fucking omni-man or something i don't know like he's <laughs> like, so that wasn't as realistic but i mean the graphics were cool uh, it was definitely character driven it was more comedic obviously there are some a lot of funny moments in last of us too though yeah like, it's not all just dark and dreary like there is humor there is levity for sure especially from um ellie but um just in general there's like like kind of silly funny shit that happens but yeah we'll talk yeah. we'll talk more about about that later but i wanted to mention like some of the facts about the game so it came out 2013 which is coming up on 10 um, 10 years ago which is a long time like yeah. uh considering that this is his first adaptation to like a live action like a live action because uh, it was going to be a movie for a long time and then it, there's been so many i remember like development rumors and actors a- attached or you know fan casting and stuff so yeah. this this is a this is a long time it became one of the the best selling video games of basic of all time upon its first week sold you know, over a million units which for me like i don't really know if that's a lot or not but i guess it is <laughs> um yeah. like like it's not like box office no, like i i don't really have like a scale to measure it against but that's not that's not normal i guess right like a million yeah. it doesn't sound like a lot you know because it seems like there's way more than a million people who play video games yeah games are expensive too <laughs> it's not just like buying a movie ticket mm-hmm. and then it basically swept up like multiple game of the year awards right when it came there it was like a kind of a unanimous hit right critically um the fan out of tens people always say 10 out of tens <laughs> yeah. so my homies always say I, well, i'm hearing nothing but 10 out of tens about that game yeah. so yeah everyone always says that. and uh and it it was um more celebrated than uncharted did uncharted have like a similar uh kind of acclaim attached to it or is this was this dipped is was this or is this any game not just uncharted but i don't remember any other game like sweeping like this i mean i'm sure uncharted had some like game of the or like game awards and stuff but not to this degree and not not this kind of cultural impact either And, and and it kind of like like i was i kind of slept on it but i feel like as the years went on like the it almost got more popular in a yeah way. it yeah. seemed like it, it yeah yeah uh, like strong word of mouth yeah for, sure. for years for sure. afterward it had yeah. a, had long legs yeah it had a lot of longevity for sure um yeah it, it came into conception after the naughty dog split into two groups and one was going to be headed by, by neil Druckmann, who was the create which you mentioned is the creator of the show the original creator was he on like do you know if he was on the uncharted team or was he you know? I mean, I've seen him in interviews talk about Uncharted as well, but I mean... This I is like mainly his baby. Yeah, I, I don't watch as many videos about... I mean, Uncharted's a great game, not crapping on it by any means, but I definitely, when it comes to Naughty Dog Studios, most of my research has been... Or just like general interest is always around The Last of Us. But yeah, he has mentioned Uncharted. Do you know anything else he did before? Any other games he did before? Was this like his main first thing? No. Nah, I, nah, I wouldn't know that. Yeah, not that I can think of right now. Yeah. Um, a cool thing I found out was that before they split, they had meant to announce the game, um, but it was delayed. Like the announcement of of like studio being split was delayed, mm-hmm. and 
in Uncharted 3, it was supposed to be announced before Uncharted 3 was released, like the announcement of the split as well as Last of Us being the first game um, of the new of the new um, the new group. And there's like a there's like an Easter egg in Uncharted 3 that mentions the Last of Us before Last of Us was even announced about it's like a newspaper headline in one of the bars in one of the first scenes of Uncharted 3 and it says scientists are struggling to understand deadly fungus and they were supposed to remove that remove that because they didn't want to like um kind spoil. of yeah spoil, spoil the announcement of this new game they inadvertently did some like pixar <laughs> but they left it in uh no one picked up on it until of course after after last of us was released but i just thought that that, that was interesting um, was there hype before? Like, do you remember if there was hype before? You kind of just heard about it after it landed. Like I said, this was like, like really the time where most of my gaming knowledge was. You weren't plugged in. Player, like, yeah, I wasn't really like I had just graduated high school. I do remember uh, my homies Angel and and Strickle talking about it all the time. Angel yeah. talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember a few times going over there. Like, I, I would get stuck like just watching him play it because it was like literally like a movie. I'm like, damn, this shit's like it's tough like this yeah. is tight and and i was like i was more skeptical of, of playing it I, I think i was just being like like a bitch to be honest because it like yeah it looked kind of scary and i was just like oh, yeah. i don't know if i could like really like get into this to that degree and i was just like on like my skeptical tip like yeah. i was I, I heard so many people talk about it i was like there's no way it could be this good so yeah, I didn't actually play it until the PS4 came out in what 2015. Oh, so it was years after. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even play it on its original system, to be honest. I mean, I, I had seen Angel play it on the PS3, yeah. but I myself didn't play it until the PS4 came out. I remember I bought um, one of the launch versions of the PS4, and it, it just came with the game. So like, the the last it said Last of Us Remastered was on the PS4 box. So that was the very first PS4 game I ever played. Oh, that's cool. That. It was tight. Without spoiling too much, do you want to break down, like, the premise or the synopsis of the game? Uh, you know, I don't know much at all. I've tried to stay... Because I felt like this would eventually be mm -hmm. adapted, and I and I wanted to be able to go in as, as clean. So I never... Even though I, like, you know, heard a lot about the game, I wouldn't watch anyone... i never seen anyone play. I mean, I've seen you play, t like, a tiny bit. Yeah. But I don't know much about the story. Like, uh... You've seen me probably play the second one. Yeah. 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 Cause the first one yeah i mean i wouldn't even know the difference yeah. um, if it's the first or the second one but um do you want to try to break down like the synopsis or, or what the primary conflict or you know premise of the of the yeah, game like, like chronologically you want me to just like start from the beginning like from the beginning of the game not, not even i'm like just break like so for someone who like never even heard like first you know there's gonna be some people who are gonna tune into the show who have never have no idea what it's about but it's basically I wouldn't call it a zombie show, but it is like it's a post-apocalyptic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. it's a post-apocalyptic. Post yeah. There's a there's like this disease virus that has spread over, you know, spread over the world. It's I don't know how many you know people it's wiped out. How many people are left? Mm -hmm. If that's even um, kind of cited in the game. But yeah, just like the basic where we are day one, or what we can expect on day one of the show. What the world, how the world is different from 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 what it's like. You know, yeah. yeah, to put it in like general words, like yeah, you you basically said what it is right there. Like, just I guess if I was like selling it to like the average person who wasn't, especially who wasn't into video games, and more so describing it as a movie, it's like yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic movie about um, like a dude and his 
for like mid to late forties. Yeah, and he's a he's a smuggler, and he's tasked with um, smuggling um, like twelve, thirteen year old girl. I think she's like thirteen or fourteen. Ellie. Actually. Yeah, Ellie. He's tasked with smuggling her in, into like um, an area that's difficult to get into, and um, yeah, the game opens like on on day zero. I think they call it that in the game, but everyone it's kind of like a general term for post-apocalyptic movies and shows. But yeah, it opens on day zero you kind of see the infection happening in real time and it, and it's super rapid i mean not that that's anything new like we've seen zombie movies and and shows like where it happens really quick but i mean the like everything is is happens really rapidly like from the infection to like the downfall of civilization and mm. and all that stuff and i I've, I've heard a lot of the the game makers talk about how how like they did want to kind of take a realistic approach with the virus so like the virus itself is very much like inspired by like um parasites and and, and like a parasitic fungus yeah that's something i read was yeah. that neil Druckmann, the creator of the show was inspired to to was inspired by a documentary the the planet earth bbc documentary yeah, yeah. he saw an episode where an infected ant was killed by what what they what's known as the cordyceps fungi yeah and the phrasing like uh the phrasing of the once an ant is infected they become what they call zombie ants yeah and that kind of just stuck with him and like the like it just kind of stuck with him and that's basically where the genesis of the idea for the show came from was just from him watching learning about this cordyceps fungi um it mainly grows on insects takes over their bodily functions and then it kills them entirely so that's basically um like the inspiration the conception of of this particular virus yeah yeah obviously it's still a video game so it still takes its liberties and it does want to like yeah give you cool bosses and shit to battle but i mean um yeah it is kind of cool like um one of the common things a lot of the characters say is like if it's in a a, like if the virus is allowed to fester in like a certain area like an area without windows and stuff like that they have to go in with gas masks because you don't even need to get bitten like if you're if you're um if you're exposed to the spores of the virus, you'll get you'll get sick that way, and you can become a zombie without even be get, getting bitten, or you can contract the virus without getting bitten. So, a lot of the, especially in the second game, because um, the second game takes place even more so years after the first. So there's a lot more areas with the spores. So there's a lot of sections where you're in like super dark, like festered areas with um, a lot of the spores. So you have to wear like a gas mask. And stuff. So there's a lot of different ways that you can contract contract yeah. it. Basically. Yeah, and then, and then especially in the second game too, there's like, um, uh, like if the bodies are fe- like festered, like they. What do you mean? Fe- what is it? What do you mean festered? Like, like they're just sitting there, like, um, sucking up all the vi- like virus parasitic particles. Like, like they're, they're allowed. allowed to, like a, basically like a, a plant infection, like allowed to to grow i guess like it's very like yeah, for lack of better words it is very like plant-based mm-hmm. so like think <laughs> of it as like an indoor like super gnarly plant allowed to just like take off and absorb the whole house basically and and it um extract a lot of toxic chemicals but yeah like there's a lot of sections where um like bodies will they'll be attached like this gnarly like it almost it looks a lot like that movie annihilation mm. i feel like um, oh okay yeah, yeah so it looks like it's just like a plant body yeah and then it'll pop out at you like it's actually like still alive yeah so it's yeah but yeah like um yeah the game opens on on zero day with 
with Joel and, and his daughter. I think it's uh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's her name. And so the very f the first three main characters we see are Joel, his brother, um, Tommy, and Sarah in the very first day. And I'm pretty sure that they're from Texas. I, I didn't double check before the show, my bad. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, they're from Texas. Somewhere in, like, yeah, the, yeah Midwest. I'm pretty, pretty positive it's Texas. But, yeah, um, the, it opens there, and then there's a lot of – it goes down without spoiling it. Something happens, and then it cuts to 20 years later. And, and um, there's a lot of alluding to what happened in those 20 years, like, um, which I'm looking forward to in the show. I hope they kind of explore what Tommy and Joel were up to during that time because the next time we see Tommy is, is uh, pretty far into the first game. So – yeah, without spoiling too much, like I said, they um, he's tasked with delivering a cargo, as he says, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is Ali, and um, he's actually uh, hired by uh, like it's the, their version of like a freedom fighting group. They're called the Fireflies, mm -hmm. and I think um, if I recall correctly, he used to be one in the early years of the. So it's actually not day zero because, like you said, it's yeah. 20 years after the initial outbreak. Yeah, but it opens up on the very first day. So it's not like we just get cut right into it. Yeah. Right. Like, the, the first section of the game is, like, a huge part of, like, just developing the world and especially developing Joel as a character. Yeah. Like, it's huge. Like, we actually open up the game not even playing as him. You, you open up playing as Sarah. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's like looking for Joel in in the in her house, and then you can see it's pretty cool because you can see like all the um, all the news because she has the TV on, all the news is breaking and stuff, and then she and then she hears like some some gnarly things happening. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just tell you this part. I hope they show it, but um, there's a really cool part like where when she does find Joel or Joel's I forgot where he was at. I don't know if he was sleeping or he was coming back from work or something, but he already kind of sees what's going on, and then he, he comes in and. And one of his neighbors just like breaks in through the glass went like glass door, and he's like already infected, and he just has to pop him in the head. That part's tight. <laughs> so the the next thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about was like the anticipation for the show, which is kind of um, kind of rarefied from what I've seen recently for a non like Star Wars, Marvel, or Game of Thrones, or something that's already established. And and, and granted, Last of Us is established, but it's just interesting to see such um buzz around something that's not one of those big three or four properties you know yeah. it's like in it and it has like the benefit of having that like a rare combination of an established fan base with all the people who played the games yeah. and then there's people who have heard about the game like myself and have never been able to access it before because we don't play like you know i don't play video games but um Another cool thing is like the low barrier. What I what what's what people describe as like the low barrier of entry. So, like for example, something like Andor, you might re recommend it to someone, and the first thing they're gonna ask you is like, "Have I, do I need to have seen all the other movies? You know, do I need yeah. to have seen Obi Wan or The Mandalorian?" And then and Andor is the rare one where like, no, you don't have to have seen much of anything. Maybe Rogue One or probably Rogue One, but. Um, with Last of Us, there really is no barrier of entry, which I think is rare because though you understand that it's you understand the property and that it's popular or that it's had some success, there's like some built-in trust going into it. You're not just going into something that you have no idea if it's good or not. It already has like a pretty strong track record uh, with the video game. So I think that's what's led to like such high anticipation, um, such high buzz. I listened to a few shows and 
they did this thing where they where they like draft the most highly anticipated it's like a movie draft it's mm-hmm. kind of cool with the ringerverse shout out ringerverse mm-hmm. uh where they do drafts and they'll draft like um like like an nfl nba draft where they say like i'm, I'm gonna take this overall over all the other things that are coming out um and last of us was was basically like number two overall after spider-verse and another one that was highly uh, selected was like the mandalorian so it's like and this is for like the entire upcoming year yeah so it just seems like the buzz is really big um add to that like the the showrunner is craig mazin he did chernobyl he's mainly known for like yeah, comedic that's shit me, that's, that's what made me excited yeah that's what a lot that's what yeah. that's when a lot of people got on board who weren't like um i guess video game players you know because it is like a like a he does have a record of like a prestige quote-unquote prestige series um we know chernobyl was won a bunch of awards it was um highly uh revered and respected i was just looking at this guy's background it's crazy because he started like writing the scary movie movies <laughs> those first couple ones are, are freaking funny. yeah but like from scary <laughs> movie no i'm not saying they're not funny yeah. it's just like wow from scary movie to chernobyl chernobyl is like a largely like humorless uh, series it's excellent like yeah. i remember we really um did you you saw it right yeah, hell yeah. yeah yeah um shout out jared harris like that that was that was a really uh stalin was amazing yeah stalin um so like be, add add to that that the last of us is a, you know a highly celebrated game and then you add you throw craig mazin into the mix um you already have kind of like a, a winning combo and then and then now comes the 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 challenge of, of casting this thing and they've kind of um in my opinion they nailed it with with pedro or i don't know if they and what, what do you think you know joel more than i do but i just yeah. from what i've heard about joel and yeah. there's been so many fan casts for this for this character he's like yeah. you know one of the most beloved video game characters out there no I, I can honestly kind of see it both ways i feel like if i wasn't so like um um like I've seen Pedro in enough stuff to like I feel like I, I have like I can formulate an opinion on him and I like him I think he's great, um, but like it does kind of feel cheap because like if if I'm being honest like Mandalorian is kind of like a like a Disney version of yeah. The Last of Us in a lot of like narrative uh, ways so it's like yeah very uh, kid friendly version of the Last yeah of it's us like Lone Wars. Wolf Young yeah. Cub like it's kind of a I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. So, so I can see why for some people that feels like kind of a cheap choice. But I mean, when he, I remember when he first got cast, I was stoked because, because, um, I feel like he was kind of getting typecast for a while. So with this, like, if he, if he's allowed to like really, you know, go in with it, he could show a lot of different sides to him. I feel like, cause um, in many ways, like not to spoil anything, but like Joel, like he he's he's awesome. Don't get me wrong. He, He's a great character, but like, and not to use like that tired phrase of the anti-hero, but like, in many ways, he's like a despicable character. You know, kind of a reluctant yeah, hero. But I mean, it, it, in in this world, like, it, it's it's such a like it's such a dark, especially the second game. It really leans into that darkness and that that dread, with the with that that world kind of um calls for, but um, but that still doesn't excuse like some of the things that that Joel has done and that he has alluded to doing throughout both of the games Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm more excited for that because I really hope they lean into that because I feel like I haven't seen that side of Pedro he's kind of 
I mean, he has played, you know, violent characters, but, like... So he's very likable, never really done the yeah, anti-hero. Yeah, yeah he, he's still, like, the badass, kind of cool, you know, like, calm and uh, collected type of character. Yeah. Whereas with this, like, Joel is, um, he's kind of, a, like, he, he makes really gnarly decisions sometimes, and he kind of just does it for himself, and, and, uh, and, and that's, like, and not to, like, go skip far ahead, but... Uh, a lot of people were conflicted about the second game because it, it did take a lot of like super bold choices narratively, mm-hmm. but like um, I don't know, like the gaming. A lot of gamers are, are pretty close-minded and toxic. If I'm, you know, a specific niche of gamers, yeah. I mean, the loudest ones in the room are usually that type of gamer where they're you know everything's near and dear to them and they can't really they don't really like change. Yeah, like yeah. just like yeah. Star Wars, like what yeah, happened with yeah, with the Last Jedi. Has a, lot of, a lot of super toxic culture. That's why Twitch is always on everyone's ass. And yeah, the chats and all that. But um, well, yeah. they weren't happy with Pascal's casting, and then the yeah. casting at large because they kind of steer away. F- they they kind of you know change ethnicities for a lot of the characters. Um, in the show, Joel's white, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Joel's white. Yeah, but I mean, it is. I don't even really think it matters. If anything, I was more so worried about Pedro growing a like a like the beard like Joel's, because Joel has like a gnarly beard. Mm-hmm. I was like, this will kind of grow like a beard like that. He has like, a, his shit is patchy. <laughs> like Pedro has a patchy, and I, even look at it now, I see some of the stills. I'm like, yeah. it, it looks good. Like it looks good, but like, well, I, like my, I'm not to nitpick. I, I'm not. I don't care enough. But like, like Joel has like that, like Wolverine type of beard. You know, it's not like thick, or it's not like like super long or anything, but it's you know it's thick. It's it's not patchy, and Pedro's got that patchy shit for sure. That's funny. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about because I I see him in some of the stills. I'm like, damn, like this this is how I would look if I had a beard. If I could grow a beard. Yeah, I just want to talk a little bit more about the cast. Me and me, I'm like a huge. I think I'm more of a a bigger fa- uh, Pedro fan than you are. It sounds like like. He's, like, he, like you've probably seen more. Yeah, yeah. maybe I don't know. I think, I think yeah. we've seen him about the same. But like he's, he's become one of like those few people who like I'll watch anything if he if he's in it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day, and, and I saw a clip from it on YouTube or something. I forgot what it got recommended to me on. But Triple Frontier. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that movie was tight. I liked him in that. I liked him and Oscar Isaac in that. I just love Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's someone who I, like he he's drawn comparisons to. Yeah. Um, and then, and for me, like Oscar Isaac is the same way. Where I'll watch anything that he's in. Same things, same like Pedro's, like kind of uh, ascended to that level for me personally. Where like that guy's in it, I'll, I'll watch it. I just love, I just love him. Especially after seeing some like that one. Um, Prospect is the one movie oh, that dude, you yeah, showed yes, me. Thank you, thank you. Yes, I forgot about that. I was thinking about that yesterday. Yeah, and before Prospect. Before, I, I want to talk a little bit about Prospect, but before that, I, I'd only seen him really on Game of Thrones, and do a couple of small other things. And on Game of Thrones, he's great. Like people, do, uh, people call him like a goat one and done character, and what they mean by that is like one season and done. There's like, uh, there's like a, there's a few. Yeah, Game of Thrones has all kinds of those. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But like in TV in general, they're like not just Game of Thrones, but like in TV in general. And another one that just came to mind was Bobby Cannavale in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Um, people who just enter one season Bobby, but like Bobby kind of valley and mr robot oh that too yeah he's, he's done it twice yeah. <laughs> um but who just come in and leave like such a such an indelible mark on the story on the series on the fans and and uh pedro's character in game of thrones did that the way he died the way he lived 
all of it. Um, he he was just so memorable that you, that um, you don't realize he was only on the show like for one season. Yeah. Um, and that just that's really when people started to to notice him was after that. Like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. That's that that was the first time I was introduced to him. Um, but like I said before, be, after that he 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 was kind of yeah he was funny and he was kind of charismatic. But after I saw him in Prospect. Uh, it kind of blew my mind on like and kind of um, revealed a different layer of like his abilities. His he has a lot of humor. He's kind of a chaotic ne'er do well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see him be able to exhibit and play with any of that. He's very mischievous. Super. Yeah. And I was he's like, like, he's oh, like, wow. He's like, reminds, he reminds me of like Loki in that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, and it, and the dialogue. Oh, you guys should really watch Prospect. Prospect's yeah. a sick movie. It's like an old west. It's like a western set in space, basically. Yeah, but it's it's nothing like Star Wars. Like, don't think of it like like some Star Wars. No, show. Like, like it's really not. Like it's there's actually stakes and people like there's consequences. It's a lot more uh, grounded too, with at least the space travel stuff. And I feel like that's what got him cast in this because yeah. you mentioned that Joel is a very gray character, right? He doesn't. He's not all right. He's not all wrong. He's complex and and and. His character in Prospect is the same way, where he has, yeah, a, he he's, yeah, he's yeah. done some awful things. Yet he's time, he's searching for redemption, and all of like the the all of the emotion that's required to show what it's like for someone with such a troubled and dirty past try to rediscover or redeem themselves, you know. I think there's a lot to to explore there and he definitely has like the range to to do that so i'm excited to see him yeah. in this like i'm stoked to see him yeah. and we've never really seen him in like like at the forefront like this yeah like, i mean yeah. I, I you could obviously say with mandalorian but his face is covered the entire time and like the whole yeah. mandalorian culture no, no, no. and like that's character. star wars you know like yeah, that's a star pretty, wars show yeah it's, yeah it's pretty limited but it obviously doesn't help that you can never see his face yeah you know like yeah. at least with uh diego luna and Andor, you can see the emotions on his face. He's allowed to to do a lot with his tone and everything. Whereas like Mandalorian, he's like, I mean, not to like, I I still love him, Mandalorian, but for, like for better or worse, most of the time it's pretty one note. But like that's how the character was kind of written. Yeah, you know? there's gonna be a lot of people I don't who I don't think have seen a lot of him before yeah. who are gonna really be be taken back if he's allowed to cook the way that I think he can. Yeah, well, it happens with like every casting. The same thing with. There's so many castings like this that happen. I mean, not to compare it, you know, I'm still, I still got to see what he can do. I'm not going to just say he's great off the bat before even seeing him. But like, same thing with Pattinson as Batman. Everyone was like, oh, the Twilight dude. Now everyone's like, oh, the Mandalorian guy. Like, yeah. that's kind of a cheap pick. You know, it's kind of easy. Like, no thought went into that. But I mean, yeah, there's always, both ways. yeah, there's always going to be blowback with yeah. casting. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked that you, you remember Prospect though, because like his oh, I love that movie. Yeah, his, yeah, his, his dialect and like the like his lines in that are, are very like that's probably the one role he was really allowed to like just like go all the way in with and like spread his wings. Because most yeah, of the time, most of the time he is a side character. I mean, granted he's great and he usually still scenes, you know. And you had you've seen uh, Narcos. I've never seen him in mm -hmm. Narcos. I think he at least in the first season he has a pretty big role. But I've never really seen him at the forefront like this, like the like main character, like very center point of the story type of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm, ex I'm excited to see him. 
uh, I read that McCon that Matthew McConaughey was originally HBO's first choice. I just wanted to mention that quickly, and he turned it down. Um, they didn't oh, say why. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he's uh, too skinny. Yeah, he'd have to bulk. Let's talk a little bit more about the cast. Um, cast is Ali was is Bella Ramsey, which I think a lot of you know, there, people are largely unfamiliar with her unless you're a Game of Thrones fan. Which a lot of people are, so I'm sure you know there'll be a large swath of people who who have seen her before. But even in that, she was she wasn't uh, predo predominantly featured. But like Pedro, she did a lot with a little. I think uh, she has one of the best character introductions, just like uh, the Viper did. But um, like I remember her first scene. Everyone that's like all anyone could talk about after that episode, where she kind of it's. Um, John and Sansa and Davos go to House Mormont and ask her, or basically, is this is when Bolton Ramsey's trying to lead like his whole revolt, yeah. and they're trying to gather the allegiances allegiances of all the of the neighboring houses, and she kind of gives them a hard time and like kind of shits on John for like not holding it down the way he should have, but then eventually declares her loyalty to, to House Stark. Like you know, the, she says something like, uh, "House Mormont has." has kept face with House Stark for thousands of years. We're not about to break faith now. And she just has, like, she had one of the most memorable introductions on that show. Yeah, she, yeah, she was, she was super little, young little right there, yeah. too. Yeah, like, to see her, like, pretty much all growing up in this now is kind of gnarly. It's like, yeah. dang, Game of Thrones is that old now. But I haven't seen her in anything else. I mean, I know she's ex, like, I know she's great, and now I'm, exci I'm excited to see her. But the last time I saw her, she, she kamikaze was when she was kamikaze a White Walker giant. <laughs> yeah. he, was he was holding her like a like an action figure. I just rewatched that. I was like, Jesus Christ! The, the darkest episode of anything ever. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. Um, but no, I think she's great. What do you think of the casting? Were you, were you happy to hear that? I mean, yeah, it, it's funny to see like like all like the um, I guess like universes that each one of these dudes like represent, like Gabriel Luna, like Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, obviously Joel. Gabriel Luna playing uh, uh, Joel's brother Tommy yeah like everyone kind of represents a franchise or like some like bigger pre-existing uh, or whatever they call it but yeah like Pedro's Star Wars Val Game of Thrones Pedro's Game of Thrones too Nick Offerman he's Parks and Rec Parks and Rec <laughs> I mean we love him in Dev yeah that's what I want I want to talk a little yeah, bit yeah, more about him yeah he's amazing in Devs um, who else Oh yeah, Melanie Linsky. I'm stoked for that because yeah. Yellow Jackets is, is sick, and she's playing a whole new character, and that's kind of what I'm excited about. Because I have read in some um, a lot of articles that they are going to expand on things that were just alluded to in the game and not shown. So I think that'll be a good change of pace for people who actually played the game. Yeah, I heard that they're making a lot of changes. Um, for me, and I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I think I'm you mentioned so that you that you that you're excited about yeah. that, but um, yeah, I, re I really hope they. I, I kind of alluded to it before. I really hope they show some kind of flashback or even anything, a lot more with um with Tommy and Joel, so Gabriel Luna and Pedro. Yeah. I, I hope they get into that more because Tommy, like he doesn't, he, like he has like his moments in the game, but like there's a lot of times where at least where i was playing i'm like dang i want i wanted to spend a little more time mm. with them because there's a lot of conversations that they allude to like a deeper history there. i mean obviously they're brothers so there's a, a lot of and he's the younger brother said. tommy's I'm younger pretty sure. i'm pretty sure yeah tommy's the younger brother yeah i hope they they um 
can do a little more with that because even with the fact that they they didn't do as much with um, Joel and Tommy as obviously with Joel and um, I forgot her name Allie in the in the game but uh, yeah I, I, I really hope they can expand on that more yeah I don't know much about Gabriel Luna I've seen I remember seeing him in True Detective that's basically it where he plays uh, Taylor Kitsch's like uh, lover basically in season two. Oh yeah but you saw the Terminator movie <laughs> I remember a lot. No, people yeah. said he was great. Like, yeah. like people were comparing him to the T one thousand. And when I heard that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, that's high praise. I've been wanting to watch that yeah. too. People, it's yeah. a, it's like a people sleep on it. Um, but yeah, I remember when when that movie came out. That like that was one thing a lot of people talked about. Other than it being like the first good Terminator movie yeah. since since two, um, a lot were talking about his performance and how how excellent it was. Um, so I'm excited to see him. This will really be like my first kind of experience with with Gabriel Luna. Other people in the cast, like we mentioned, Nick Offerman, um, who's mainly known for Parks and Rec and like doing comedy. But over the past couple of years, if you've kind of been plugged in, he's done some pretty interesting work dramatically. Uh, prim uh, most notably, Devs. Um, I know you're a big fan of Devs. Um, what he was able to do on devs, I think, kind of uh, broke people's kind of expectations from him. And I, I think probably what, what's been able to land him subsequent, like more dramatic roles, like he was in The Resort, uh, Pam and Tommy, oh, The Founder. The founder was a while ago, but he kind of, he was great in that too. The, the guy is talented. Yeah, he played it pretty straight in that yeah. movie. I forgot. He didn't even really have a lot of comedy. Yeah, like. Uh, now, like, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I never even saw Parks and Rec, so... I mean, I've seen, like, like bits and pieces, but... Uh, I can't watch that show. It gives me, like, secondhand, like, embarrassment all the time. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just don't like that show. <laughs> okay. Le we'll leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Melanie Linsky is excellent, especially recently Yellow Jackets. More more people are familiar with her, but... Um, yeah, I've, been a fan, I've, I've been a fan of hers for... A while she was on um she was on this show this duplass show togetherness yeah togetherness she was good on that um who else can we oh meryl dangerous so she's the one actor who's returning and she's actually the only actor playing the same role on the show as that that she played in the game so she was in the game yeah. she's she's an actress who you know who who's done tv and film as well but um I, I saw her on the flight attendant. She was really good on that. that but that's my only ex my my only experience with. She, she was reoccurring on that. Yeah. Okay, cool. She's like the. Nice. She's yeah. kind of like the the FBI or I'm pretty sure she's FBI, but she's the one like tasked with solving like the central murder of the show. And. Uh, murder yeah, and she's really good. But uh, how is she? Is she a, like a prominent character on the sh on the game? In the first game, for sure. I mean, she kind of. Um, She's the one that tasks. She's the the leader of the Firefly, so she's the one that gives Joel the job of um, um, safeguarding and delivering Allie to the location that she needs to go to. Mm -hmm. So, um, very very much like early game and end game, she plays like huge, pretty pivotal role. I don't know if they'll show because again, um, like most of the first game, there is uh, they do allude to past history there. So I'm pretty like um, correct me if I'm wrong eventually, but I'm pretty sure yeah Joel used to be a firefly, so they do have some history, mm -hmm. but um, 
they obviously never never do any backup or uh, flashbacks or anything. But yeah, she's plays a pretty pivotal role. And that's what's gonna be cool about the show is that they'll be able to expand on like other characters in the game in this world. Like uh, opposed to the video game, you're you get to. S- you get to see peaks and, and glimpses of other character experience, but what you get to do within a show is kind of shift perspectives and kind of drop in and out of other characters. I, I'm wondering if this will be more of like an ensemble piece or if it'll mainly follow Joel and Allie. I'd like to see what what makes a world yeah. feel more fleshed out is when you get to see more than just yeah. a few characters move through it like like for example the wire or game of thrones that's what that was one of the main um critiques about against house of the dragon was like the world didn't feel fully fleshed out or realized because the story focuses so centrally on such a small group of people you yeah, know the targaryen well. yeah the, yeah but but what i think makes helps a world feel real is when you get to you know, like I said, weave through different characters' experiences, and yeah. So the the cast and even the trailers kind of hint that they'll do that. You know, you see Melanie Linsky central. You see yeah. Nick. You know, so I'm I'm kind. Of, what what do you do? The video. Do, am I right in assuming no. that the video game kind of mainly uh, focuses on Joel and Ellie's story? Yeah. Yes, for sure. And then, like like I said, yeah, we already have seen it in the trailer. Like they, there's. Um, a clip of a baby being born, which I'm pretty sure is Ali. That was never shown in the game. Um, I did start reading an article where it was starting to spoil a little bit of uh, Nick Offerman's character. Because he's a he's a is he playing? Oh no, he's playing Bill, which was yeah. originally played by W. Earl Brown, another yeah. uh, excellent a- a- actor. Yeah, but his storyline they they say they said in that article that they expanded on like a lot, mm. so we can fairly assume it's think it's fair to assume that they are going to do that it's just how much and how are they going to do it like are they going to like dedicate a whole episode to a side character i'm interested more so in in seeing like um how they're going to structure it and how they're going to edit everything together and how everyone kind of um how all the different characters kind of interact and engage with each other and how their stories are aligned and stuff yeah um I wanted to talk about like play what, what what's described as player agency, which is in video games. Player agency basically is your control, you know, over the central character, and and how that affects the overall story that you taught that uh, of the video game. Does it suppress the story? Does it enhance it? Being limited, like this is kind of what we're talking about. Being limited to Joel and Allie's experience only. How did it affect like your uh, like enjoyment or just like your experience of that of the story of the world uh, of the Last of Us, not just um, not just the characters, but like you know what I mean? you know what I'm yeah, trying to say yeah, like yeah. being limited to one player. How does that affect your how you how you receive the story at large? I, I don't know. I feel like this this is like a special circumstance because like it seems like the developers and and the game creators are super dedicated into like you know kind of like refraining from a lot of video game tropes and and you know uh, more so influencing your like what you take from it so like uh, like the best way i can say it is like it's literally like you're playing a movie so Mm -hmm. like you know a movie is very structured you there's only so much you can do it's not like you can like 
it's not like Grand Theft Auto where you could just drive somewhere and completely do something different. Like a movie, you're going to stay in one scene. You're going to, uh, you know, have a certain things to comp accomplish. And the, the, like, the narrative choices are going to go in a certain way. In this game, like, there's no, like, real side missions or anything like that. You know, it's it's super structured and it's uh, it, it limits, like, your, the, your perspective, but in a good way. Mm. You know, that's why I said it's a special case. Because normally that would kind of be a downfall of a game. But for this, it's it's a it's a strength because it, it makes you focus and not worry about like oh I gotta get, I gotta rank this up or I gotta go find this I gotta go beat this boss or something like that. It's it's literally like you're playing a movie and I feel like that's one of the reasons why, so many people when they recommended this game they were adamant to even people who hadn't picked up a controller and God knows how long like dude just try it like just yeah. try it just try it, because they had faith in the material like and and the story like. And, and I've heard so many people saying that too like I know I just said it a couple times but yeah like it's literally like playing a movie and I feel like that's the reason why it got so popular over the years because the word of mouth traveled so so like strong and so fierce because people would really wanted um, their friends to enjoy it especially people who like movies so much they're like just try it you know and, and you can play it on the easiest difficulty it's not gonna be too hard you know or you can just watch me play like there's also been a lot of people yeah. that say like oh like i didn't play it but i watched my friend or my my husband or my wife play it yeah what did mom watch you play sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> one time i showed like just i wasn't even playing because i wanted them to know because when they first started announcing all the casts and stuff i wanted them to kind of know like the general story i doubt they remember most of it but mom seemed pretty into it yeah. she was like watching and she thought it was cool now I showed them like the first probably like hour or two of the game. It wasn't like two hours straight though, because there was a lot of edits. You know, it, it it edited out a lot of gameplay. It was mostly like cutscenes and stuff, yeah. and like gameplay that was story based. Because there is a lot of story based gameplay in in the game as well. And like one thing I would imagine would come up playing a video game is like having conflict with the characters' choices and decisions, or being like baffled by them or not agreeing with them did you ever do you ever remember remember experiencing that like you know sometimes when you see a character in a movie make a dumb decision you're like what the you know like in scary movies especially yeah. but but would that ever happen in this game or do you it's, have control or it's it's been a while since like i've played the first one to be honest but mm. i can definitely remember like there wasn't there weren't no sections where you're like oh uh, let him live or let him die there weren't none of those really like yeah. what happens happens and you kind of just go with yeah. it um and everything felt pretty natural like it yeah. didn't it didn't feel like this is dumb like why would he ever yeah, do this it wasn't like like no one didn't really make stupid decisions it's like like joel is very um by the book especially early game um there are some things that happen like where it, it kind of limits joel to what he can and cannot do in order to like take care of Ali. And you that, play as Ali. The game. game interesting too. Yeah, you play Ali as a, a couple times in the first one. I was going to say, do, do you feel invested in what, in more invested in Joel or Ali since you play as them or does that come into play at all? Like coming into the show, do you have, do you feel like a, a certain attachment to these characters because you played as them or? I mean, in terms of like, like the, how rich the story is. But, yeah. but not because, but it's not because you played them in the game that you feel nah. connected or invested in them no, no. it's just because the story is strong and and, and yeah. it kind of moved you yeah yeah for sure it's just it's it's mainly like it's all like their character uh, arcs and all that good stuff so yeah 
as long as and I'm not trying to like see um, a straight up just like copy paste type of thing either I want the actors to kind of do their own thing with it and from what I've seen at least from Bella Ramsey's they haven't they've kind of um, kept uh, Pedro's like portrayal kind of look more low-key at least in the trailers okay. I've seen um, from what I've seen of Bella Ramsey like she seems like she's taking in like a a newer direction which is it's, it's cool like she seems like her levity is there and she seems a lot funnier like and i'm sure she's gonna like have a potty mouth too because uh, fucking ellie in the first game she's like wild <laughs> but um nah like that's what i'm looking forward to too like just all, having all, yeah. these actors bring their bring yeah. bring a piece of themselves yeah because yeah, the... a lot of people say like like oh like i played the game like there's a lot of sides to the argument it's it's like, they, they're gonna be like the book readers yeah, <laughs> yeah they're gonna, i played the game that was better than the game blah, blah blah like i don't i don't really agree with that like i like seeing multiple takes of, of um things like this and for this kind of story it almost feels like it, it was inspired by a book and i'm sure there, there are books that inspired this there's a lot of post-apocalyptic story that and um wolf, like you said lone wolf and cub type of stories that have, that have inspired this but or inspired yeah or been inspired by it yeah but um yeah i think as far as expectations go for this for me personally like having watched <laughs> i know i keep mentioning andor but i feel like andor's kind of shifted the goalposts and and, and elevated what you can expect from like a, a sci-fi horror genre you know in years past you wouldn't really see the 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 show or the care these types of stories go deep into character or into into themes of kind of rebellion or belonging or loss and grief like a lot of these worlds that 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 we're exploring in these stories are kind of in are desperate and I think what Andor has done is kind of what, what people say Andor has done is like ruined Star Wars for them because now what they they don't know no longer ex, they'll no longer be okay or satisfied with like the typical Skywalker story which is you know hero comes in saves the day uh, uh, but what they wanted is a more kind of deeper exploration of the people actually living in these worlds because if you th if you think about it, these worlds are you know falling apart like these people are desperate these people have experienced great loss and that's kind of like really fertile ground for really rich storytelling um that i think a lot of people can resonate and the horror genre has done this a lot too with um they've been able to you know move, move past just jump scares and shock until uh, and, and be able to like weave more humanity and emotion into the narratives i'm thinking about like the Baba Duke and Hereditary, uh, the Nighthouse Relic, uh, these are all horror movies that really kind of, really pierce past like uh, just what I would expect from a traditional horror yeah. uh, movie or sh or show. Early seasons of The Walking Dead, I remember like wow, I didn't expect to be crying watching a zombie show. First two, first like two three seasons, yeah. so far. And <laughs> and going further back, even Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, it's a classic. Isn't it? I always do watch that every couple of years. But yeah, that's what I'm looking for. For hoping that Last of Us can also achieve. I'm not just looking for like big action set pieces. No, That'll no be way. cool too. But um, having watched Andor and and what I want to be able to see is something that I can relate to. Some characters I can invest in and care about. Um, 
and who I can, like I said, relate to. Um, like it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Ander because it is it, it is all a matter of like, obviously you know with a show you have a lot more time and it's just different. Like with the movie choices, you kind of have to keep that in mind. You got to keep in mind of like the audience and like the whole theater experience and all that. But I mean, it's just a matter of perspective and framing. Like I feel like it's it's nothing like it's technically like like at least story wise, it's nothing new we've seen. Like mm-hmm. you know, we in the first um, in Force Awakens, like we we saw the Star Killer base or wherever it was, is like take out multiple planets at once. You know, and like that just happened and then we move on yeah, you know no, but no like if that happened in like a show like Andor there'd be like shit that'd be like two three seasons of, <laughs> yeah. of worth of content right there yeah. so like it's just a matter of like timing and perspective yeah. and just good writing I guess but like yeah like it's nothing because people always say oh it's for kids and kids like it's just a matter of how you frame it like kids can can see certain things and it not affect them depending on the way you kind of do like a sleight of hand thing like, you know, if you show them a certain way or if you're you don't really spend time with it they're gonna forget about it quickly you know so it's just a matter of um how you choose to frame it and all that yeah well i was thinking about this and i was wondering like what has made like shows like station 11 really hit hit deep with me uh and like i said i keep mentioning Andor, but these shows that depict a world that's desperate that's experienced some sort of calamity and there's like a before and after, right? Like, I feel like I see, I, we've been seeing more of those. Obviously, maybe the pandemic's affected it, but has a has a pandemic like? I I was wondering if the pandemic has like, a, kind of influenced our ability to relate more more into intimately with like apocalyptic stories, just because before they s- felt so far fetched, you know, yeah. and now it's like uh, it doesn't seem that far off that something yeah. like this could actually happen. So I think that's kind of. Um, um, kind of encouraged my ability to like sympathize and empathize with these stories, and yeah, like for sure. Like I'll be, I'm basically ready to be wrecked by this show. <laughs> <laughs> now, especially Six and Eleven, because that one takes like a lot more of a grounded approach with it, and it's it doesn't really rely on like I was thinking about it today. Like you never see like like a gnarly scene of like someone dying from the infection. It kind of just happens off screen, mm-hmm. and everyone's just gone i don't know if that was a narrative choice or if they just didn't want to spend money on effects or something but i kind of like that choice because it wasn't no zombies and stuff running around it was just a gnarly infection that just swept out i mean for me personally i i think i kind of like it. It, it um since the pandemic it, like I, I honestly hate now seeing stuff that addresses the pandemic yeah like directly oh, oh my god I, I can't stand that shit unless it's, it's like, subtle like unless, it's not that bad but if it's like the central part of the story like no e- even when it's subtle i i, I just don't like even it. the what about the bear when the bear where they're like uh he mentioned that, well, yeah, that you know well, well that is is it's it's super like that one makes sense because it's super um like it's realistic like we saw how many restaurants closed yeah, and local yeah. businesses were just left in shambles because of that. Mm-hmm. So like, that one added it, add like added weight to it. Most of the time, I'm seeing it like, especially in some parts of um, uh, fucking Glass Onion, they kind of yeah, used yeah. it for like a, like uh, humor, you know. And I was just like, yeah, I, I don't really like that. Humor, yeah. Like it, it, I don't, I just don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, it's Rami, weird. Rami, they kind of did the same thing with the bear, where it's, yeah. it, it affects the way that people move forward in 
and business and trusting other people and and it just the pandemic kind of shifted the way they move through their lives like whether it's in business or with their family or friends um so yeah but yeah i'm just just curious to see yeah um how how people will receive this you know and if if they'll draw comparisons to the pandemic i know some people are like i don't want to see any pandemic stories i I think that's kind of like a cop i mean to each their own but i mean me personally it's kind of more comforting to see like stories about this and that aren't directly like acknowledging like the actual pandemic and more so like leaning towards zombie like something like super far-fetched like this like it kind of i don't know it's just i personally just i find it more comforting as opposed to like directly acknowledging and watching stuff about what really happened like i don't need to see any more of that like i lived through that so like i'd rather take a a fantastic like a metaphorical allegorical approach yeah i like the like the fantasy aspect of it more so i think that's more enlightening than just oh yeah like remember 2020 and like we've already seen it's barely gonna be three years since that's happened and you can't even count how many shows and movies are either about it or at least address it more than or make it like a central part of their story Yeah. yeah like like it doesn't matter why you're you're forsake or like a world becomes like forsaken or or forgotten um you don't it's something that we can all relate to and i feel like even before the pandemic like the election felt like a before and after like once the the election felt like its own pandemic in 2016 uh, like a before and after where it just felt like like 9-11 almost you know it's like such a that's what i was thinking about too like (laughs) like it's so weird like people were pretty like they weren't very comfortable talking about 9-11 and i mean it's a different time obviously and we have a lot more content now than we did in 2002 we have streaming and all that but like i don't know i just feel like like within the same year of 2020 there was already a bunch of movies and shows already talking about it it just felt weird like i'd never seen anything like that considering how many deaths happened and all that it was just felt it was awkward for me personally i just thought it was i mean it was at top of mind for everyone so I, i don't get too mad at it but um it just kind of takes me out of like the yeah it yeah. takes me out pulls you out yeah. a bit but um no like uh these post apocalyptic stories are much more relatable for better or worse than they than they used to be so uh i think this is a a good time for a show like this to come um is it is it a, I'm hoping to see some hope and humor. We were talking about this earlier. Like, there is humorous parts yeah. of the show. Uh, me, personally, like, I, I, I hate, like, a joyless show. Like, I, I love drama. I yeah. love intrigue and, and action and all that. But even with, like, the darkest stuff, you got to find some room for levity. Otherwise, you just feel like, oh, my God, the show is nonstop. Um, it's a nonstop downer or whatever. Yeah. But I think it adds to the realism, too, yeah. because... You, there is things that whether or not we should or shouldn't be laughing at them they make us laugh yeah for sure and i think the dynamic of like the reluctant father joel and Allie is uh is a good place for like uh uh, humor and stuff no yeah no yeah there is there's plenty of that in the game for sure and they'll probably double down on that and that's what i was talking about when i was saying i was excited for bella ramsey's take because she seems to be leaning into that which is good yeah um i think that's Mostly everything I kind of wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you have on on your mind? 
Now you mentioned Station Eleven. I just want to talk about it a little. You bit. just saw it. Yeah, I just finished it. I do. I powered through that. It's fire, especially the first episode of the pilot or whatever. Yeah. Like there's so many frames and shots in that. I was like, damn, this is like literally like, like it looks like it was pulled straight from the Last of Us game. I mean, it was completely different, but, um, I mean, I don't know if if the creator played it that game or, or played the game or something, but it did seem super influenced by it. The book came out around the. Shortly after the video yeah. game, yeah, I was, yeah, I was talking about like the show creator because yeah. like a lot of the shots and a lot of like the um, setting choices and, and like the, the set design, everything, it looked like just straight out of um, Last of Us. But uh, I enjoyed that one, especially you can mention like um, the levity approach and and not super like that show definitely had its darker dark moments. But yeah, Jeevan, um, yeah, <laughs> but Last of Us is a lot darker and a lot more. Um, uh, less hopeful and that's cool i'm, I'm here i'm here for it i just um i think i mean, I mean different circumstances too yeah. you know with like with with the uh, last of us it's like a violent virus that turns people into essentially predators yeah. like animalistic like zombie predators so yeah it's different but i enjoyed that one a lot i liked the the set design and made me think of this um, it was a good show to watch right before this yeah good primer um yeah i just hope because I, like I said, early, mentioned earlier about Pedro's like range and his ability to be more than just like the dramatic um, leading, or you know, the dramatic like more into more than just being dramatic. He has a lot of range, and I'd be remiss not to mention unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> I don't expect him to go uh, that far, but uh, that was a good example of just what, how much he's capable of, and I I don't think that this show will have him reaching in his bag for that or his uh, unbearable weight of massive talent bag <laughs> but uh yeah, i'm just a big fan of his and he's probably one of the main reasons why yeah. i'm so excited for yeah, this for sure, for sure. yeah the more that the more that we talked about it today it made me more stoked for his take definitely yeah. but at the same oh i did want to mention like uh like some of like the earlier fan castings like yeah like I feel like the before this, like your best bet, like at least to get like your Joel fix, was definitely fucking Hugh Jackman and Prisoners. Like it's completely different circumstances and shit. But I mean, he looks like him, he acts like him, he gets like pretty violent like him. So that one. Carl um, Urban. Carl Urban was was honestly like Carl Urban was like my first pick, especially yeah. after the boys, because I was like I'd like to see him like that. I've never seen him in a role like that either. And then I love Dread, so. I never saw Dread. Dread is tight. You should watch that one. A big Carl Urban fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I'm hoping to see, like I said, is uh, just some, just a really rich, dramatic. I, I guess like a couple of things I listed here was like, yeah, big action set pieces. That wouldn't be rank high on my list. I want to see like great performances. I expect you know great performances. These are all very um, talented actors. As well as like characters, like a a good performance doesn't necessarily mean it's a good great actor or a good great character. Um, like I want to see like a mem- memorable characters, you know. Like I know Joel and Allie already are pretty memorable, but uh, I expect these takes to be different. Elegant writing and dialogue, like you, you know, I'm a sucker for like a good good one liner. I wonder if we'll see any of that. I hope to. Um, world building and production design, making the world feel real and having like certain rules that make sense and are different and are interesting you know like i always think about when i when we are invited into these kinds of stories like what's what are the rules of the world how how is this world different 
than ours and and how do people survive and how do people do basic things like i don't know cook their meals and stuff like station 11 had a lot of that had a lot of like you get to see like human innovation on a different level when they're thrown into these post-apocalyptic uh settings um jump scares like yeah i, li I like horror lately especially over the past uh, recent years um i'm hoping to see some really cool horror yeah yeah i'm really interested in seeing that because like the the way it plays in the games is like it's so immersive obviously so i hope they can the best to the best of their ability they can transition that because um one of the aspects of the a certain enemy type they're called clickers are the ones with like the fungus faces yeah so yeah. they're they're the ones that are that have been sick for longer like years or decades longer so as as the sickness kind of takes over your body it it takes over physical aspects too but the thing with uh, the game dynamic with those ones is you have to like walk really quietly because they can they can hear and sense you like a lot better they have like enhanced senses mm. so in those sections of quiet place yeah, yeah you have to like walk like super quietly or you got to like throw a brick in another direction and like make they'll run in that direction instead as opposed to like um but it, it's also kind of uh cool because they can't see you because their eyes are covered by their fungus shit on their face mm. so you can like kind of like walk right in front of them like from a distance and they won't see you as long as you're not making i feel like there was a yeah. a, a, a well, that's the quiet place. Piece. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. quiet place. That's probably. I feel like there was another one that was kind of like that. That's yeah. blind and and can't see you. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure there's uh, others like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about like um, some of the actors like representing different um, shows and stuff that we like. Uh, I'm really stoked to see Storm Reed as Riley. Mm -hmm. Guys, I love her in Euphoria. Mm -hmm. I think she's. She has a lot of potential. I mean, I've she's never... She's ready for, like, the next yeah, level. Yeah, I, like I like her, dude. I think she's great. And then it, it also reminded me when you said um, you are looking for something other than, like, super, like, downer type of, like, hopeless show because mm -hmm. um, her character and Ali's um, dynamic is, is very... There's a lot of levity and heart in, in that section. What's interesting about that whole section was it was actually a DLC to the first game. So that part didn't... Even though it takes place before the first game, it didn't. DLC. Yeah, it was downloadable content. Yeah. So it was um, it takes place before the first game, obviously before she even meets Joel, but it it, it didn't release until after the game came out. So that's gonna be cool. Like, it's cool to see how much they have to pull from, and uh, uh, what I'm looking forward to most, honestly, I mean, I I'm not, I, I'm I'll be a judge of it once I see it, but. I really want to see how they how they can adapt the second game because the second game, I mean, I love it. I can understand why people are torn up about it on some of the choices, like narrative choices, but I, I think it's amazing. And I think if they adapt it right, it could be like pretty gnarly. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I know it's a while down the road and Bella Ramsey's probably going to have to get a little older too because Ellie's older in that game. Is it is there a time jump from part yeah, one like, to part two? It's like, it's like three years, I think, three or four years. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. That's what's up. Um, I want to quickly mention, I guess, some of my favorite uh, post-apocalyptic movies: Children of Men, I Am Legend, Book of Eli, The Road. Uh, I know you love A Quiet Place, Escape from New York. Shout out Escape from New York. That's a I'm revealing. I'm showing my showing my age here, but that's one of my favorites. Snowpiercer, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Zombieland. If uh, those are all great post-apocalyptic uh, movies, Zombieland's a kind of a comedy, but I kind of, uh, uh, I just, good. yeah, it's just something interesting about seeing people move through a world that's like like that. It's uh, there's a lot of different takes that, and all these movies and story and shows are, are no, these are all movies. 
um, bring a different kind of perspective to it. So check those out. Um, There's another one that we should mention. Young Ones. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. one. That's a good little, uh, it's not zombie related, but it is post-apocalyptic. Yeah, and yeah. not all these are zombie, but um, yeah, something you know, po- uh, the before and after basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think we we can get get out of here. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, we can always do it in the next. Cool, one. man. Okay. All right, so all we'll right, be covering we'll episode one, one recapping, recapping or covering and talking about it. About uh, so uh, well, tune in to that. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. All right, guys. We're going to get out of here. Talk to you later. Later.